Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 614 we should raise a glass, Cecil, mm-hmm. and toast the retirement of Stephen Breyer. Cheers. I'm so fucking glad yeah. he didn't try to wait it out. Yeah, I'm glad too. I, 83 years old, that's a fucking ass clencher. Yeah, that is. And I and and it looks like they're planning on a woman of color yep. is what their plan is. And, you know, at this point, 50 gets them in. That's it. So they just they gotta get. I mean, yeah. the the thing is like. The Republicans destroyed the filibuster for Supreme Court nominees. Right. So here we are in a position where we will use the filibuster break that the, the Republicans insisted upon because Supreme Court nominations never used to be like this. Supreme Court nominations were like Stephen Breyer, I, I, he was nominated 87 votes. Yeah. 87 votes in the Senate. Uh, uh, very Ruth typical. Bader 97. Yeah. Something the, like that. That's... That's because the way that this used to work is, hey, are you qualified? Yeah. yeah. It was always that. Might not be my guy, but like, look, in fairness, they're fucking qualified. Yeah. yeah. And now it's it's just a partisan thing. Now it's, it's all partisan. straight up yeah. fucking well, garbage and partisan. And the worst thing. part is, is that like, like they're never going to vote for your guy, but the people they put up are genuinely awful people. I, I, I mean, know. you know, like the people that they're putting up are garbage people. You know, Amy Coney Barrett doesn't have enough experience. She's a hardline anti-abortionist. You know what I mean? Like all yep. this stuff. And then you talk about uh, Brett Kavanaugh, all the stuff that comes out from his past, yep. how, how he's just bad at what he does. Gorsuch, you can argue, I mean, he's a shitty dude. You could argue that yeah. that guy's qualified, but like, like there was people that, that could have easily been put in when, uh, when Scalia died, we were at, dude. we were, we could have flipped this court five, four. We were, we had, yes. we had to wait. Then it was five, four. Yep. Now it's going to, now it's six, three, right? Yep. So the, the court is six, three. The whole thing is so fucking infuriating. Cause like. Merrick Garland is absolutely qualified. 100% qualified. Merrick Garland is just, I mean, it's, it's, he I wonder was, if he's kicking himself for taking the AG job. I don't know, man. <laughs> they weren't going to put him in anyway. They, no, he there was, was no never, way. Yeah, there were no way no, they were going to no, put him in. Because no. I, I think he was, a, he was an olive branch. He was, he's kind of not. He was as, he was as uncontroversial as should have been yeah, possible. Right. But he never even got an opportunity to have a hearing. He never even got the fucking opportunity. The thing is the court, if if we had been better about strategy and we 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 should have had we should be the ones in a fucking six three right now. Yeah. We really should. RBG fucking, I mean, I love RBG, but she fucking overplayed her hand. She did. She assumed that Trump 
wasn't going to win. Yeah. That, she I assumed think, Hillary I, was yeah, going to win. Obama, Obama thought the same thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I don't think they pushed it as hard as they should have. Absolutely. When that, when that time came, because there was... Uh, Fucking Scalia died in February, man. I know. He died in February. I know. It, it is goddamn ridiculous yeah. that they were able to block a Supreme Court nominee in fucking February on the thinnest of possible grounds. And that that that, that didn't get pushed on, pushed harder. It didn't, that didn't, they didn't fucking sue. I know there's gotta be some mechanism. But then, the, but then and then a hundred percent as soon as RBG died during an election yep. year. They, yep. they went back exactly on what they Absolutely. said. Absolutely. 100% back on what they said. So this, this whole Supreme Court issue of nominees has become so fucking fractured and partisan and just emblematic of the deep fissures and brokenness in American politics. Yeah. And it's such a powerful branch of our government. It's yeah. so powerful. And part of the reason it's so powerful is it still functions. Yeah. Unlike, unlike the entire legislative branch, the judicial branch still renders decisions. Yeah. They still function. They yeah. hear cases. Yeah. They render decisions in a relatively timely fashion. And, They're a functioning branch of the court. And to, to be honest, that's why the executive branch is so important too. Yeah. Because the executive branch does control a lot of what happens in the United States. Absolutely. Through policy, through other things that don't have to go through legislation. And so you're right. The legislation has been in gridlock since we were, you know, in high school. Yep. You know, but it's now starting to get to the point where there hasn't been any real progress for a very long time. We were talking about when, when before Biden was elected, we were talking about you get one thing, you get to do that's a it. thing yep. and that's it. And so that's where we're at in, the, in that procedure. But you're right. The, the court still hears so many cases a year and what they do shapes the future of the nation. What they say shapes the future of how Absolutely we deal with these things. Yeah. This is it's once it's there, it's precedent. Yeah, man. I, I was thinking about the courts today and I was thinking like, like what one of the functions of the courts is they are sort of America's cartographers. They draw the map. They draw the boundaries. Yeah. And then we all live within these boundaries. Sure. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. And when you reshape the map, when you mm -hmm. reshape the boundaries, fundamental shifts occur in, sure. you know, our politics and our social circumstances. I mean, look at like the Oberfeld decision yeah, and making, you know, gay marriage legal across the, yeah. it, big social change Roe can v. happen. Wade yeah. And, yeah. All big these, social. And yeah. Roe v. Wade is, is so important. And I, I know we don't have to tell our listeners this, but like, it's so important because it's not just about abortion. Abortion is about women's rights. Abortions yeah. is about access for women yeah. to the workforce. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about getting women out of the fucking home and into the fucking workforce. Yeah. That is a massive, massive part of the, um, you know, system of equality that Roe v. Wade tries to, tries to ensconce in the system. Yeah. When you pull that away, you're not just talking about abortion. We're really talking about what is, what do we want socially, financially, mm. educationally for 51% of the people that sure. live in this country. Yeah. yeah. It's a big fucking decision. What it's do we want for the majority minority? Right. Yeah. I fucking A, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking A. It's fucking crazy. Speaking of crazy, here's a story from Rolling Stone. We're going to read most of it because it's just, you just, you just, one of these days, you got to hear it. I'm a full anti vaxxer now. How the conspiracists are winning over fresh converts. When thousands of protesters gathered on the National Mall on Sunday morning to protest COVID vaccine mandates, they did so, they insisted, to preserve personal freedoms. No more mandates, they shouted as they marched, 
serpentine and coiled like the snakes on the do not step on snack flags hoisted above their heads. This is not about vaccine or anti-vax. J.P. Sears, a comedian known for spreading conspiracy theories through sarcastic comedy, told the crowd. It was, he asserted, as Martin Luther King Jr. once said, quote, a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. Gotta love it when, when a white guy Man. compares their movement to Martin Luther King's movement. Thank you. Can, can, uh, can we have a rule? It's amazing how many basic rules this one story is going to break. Because if there's like... If there's any rule, it should be like white people don't quote MLK. Yeah. That's not your guy. Yeah. And also, don't throw out the specter of Nazi Germany yeah. to make a comparison. Keep that away from them. Yeah. These are basic things. It's, this is like don't fart at the dinner it's table, super man. Easy. <laughs> don't shit you know? on a plate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you can put your elbows on the table. It's okay. You're among friends. Yeah. But don't let her fucking rip in yeah. the middle of the fucking second course. <laughs> don't lift your leg up and then pull the rip cord. Right. You don't know ask what I mean? the like, waiter to pull yeah, your finger. Exactly. <laughs> Holy that shit. That would be amazing, though. Dude. That waiter gets a big tip. That's <laughs> <laughs> you fart so hard you blow his apron. <laughs> But it was very much about vaccines. Children's Health Defense Fund, the political wing of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s oh, anti-vax God. organization, hosted the event. Kennedy, who has been vocally spreading false claims about vaccine safety for decades, addressed the crowd to offer unsubstantiated warnings of the COVID-19 vaccine's dangers. So did several doctors wearing their physician whites. Yep. Man, yep. that shit makes me mad. Yep. Like when they wear, I just call it what it is, when they wear the fucking finery and costume of their profession in order to fool people into seeing the uniform and adopting the gravitas from that people see that shit and they hear the the message less yeah because they're more impressed by who the message is coming for from. sure yeah it's fucking maddening man. that's unbelievable and these what i don't understand is they're they're fighting against mandates but that mandate that was for osha got thrown away yeah. So what's the mandate? I mean, like there's mask stuff. Like sometimes like certain places won't let you, like many places in Chicago. And then like, there is some places that won't let you in if you don't have a vaccine card. But that's what they're, that's now, the, that, I think that's what they're considering the mandate. They're mixing up. See, these are the same assholes who don't understand the difference between free speech as a political right and as a federal yeah, right, governmental right, right, right yeah. and free speech as in a social sure construct or a social yeah. contract. These same stupid ass motherfuckers don't understand the goddamn difference between a mandate as passed down from on high through law yeah. and a private company's decision to not let you into their store yeah. or their theater or whatever sure. unless you're vaccinated. Unless you're vaccinated. The second one is not a fucking mandate. No. It's not. Because you don't have to go there. Right. Like, it's not a, It's not like a place you have to be at. Yep. If it was the library, that's a different story, right? Yep. That's a public building. That's a different story. We can have a different argument, a different conversation about that. But if it's fucking Joe's Crab Shack or whatever, right. they get to make their own decisions on whether or not you get to walk in there and eat their fucking crab. That's their decision. That's Aren't it? you guys the guys that always scream that people should be able to fucking not sell cakes to gays? Yep. Like, aren't are. you those same people? These are the same people that want a gun store to be able to sell any gun to you. Yeah. Right. Right. They they want they want all the personal freedoms as long as they're the personal freedoms they want to yeah, have. Right, right. But they they don't want, you know, because if they own the store and they're like, yeah, yeah, I own this store 
and I had, you know, I'm suffering, I fucking have cancer and I'm in the middle of my chemotherapy treatment. So in my store, I have to make sure that everybody who comes in is masked and masked, right? right? Because right. I, I want to run my store. It's how I pay my bills, right. but I got to keep myself safe. Anybody who said, no, you don't have a right to do that. They would be like, and I think rightfully so, they would be saying, whoa, wait a minute. This is personal, private property. It's a private business. It's a free enterprise, capitalism, buzzword, buzzword. Yeah. I get to do this. Sure. And in that sense, I totally fucking agree. We do have, and I think it's a good thing, we do have a lot of personal freedom in terms of how we live our lives and run our businesses. Mandates are not the same thing as a personal business owner's decision. And it doesn't adversely affect you. I went to the theater the other day. I went, Haley and I went and saw a play. We went to the theater. Everybody there had to be masked up over the nose too. And they were, they were checking masked Good. and vaxxed Good. in order for you to go. Yeah. And that's the reason I was willing to go. Yeah. They sent like the very strict policy. I was like, yeah. great, very strict policy. I'm willing to go. I would be unwilling to go otherwise, but that's a private theater. They have the right yeah. to make that decision. On the train, on the on the commuter train, there's people who don't wear masks at all. And it literally says it and they say it before you get they in. They just don't do it. They just don't do it. They just don't wear their mask. They I, just don't do it. So they just like sit there and just breathe the whole time. <laughs> just be like, I want you to not breathe. I can make that happen. Right? I can, can, we, I can make that happen. Yep. Yeah. Just turn the lights off yeah. on the train for one minute. I can make that happen. But it's It'd be a it, fucking but, murder on the commuter but, express. But they specifically will push their boundaries on every every chance they get. There's Absolutely. so many people now that are doing this, you know, mask under my chin. I got my mask on. It's under yeah, my and chin. they put it under the chin. They put it, it under fucking their makes chin. me want to fucking yeah. strangle them. It with makes the me crazy. It's These, like it's like just just look. It's not doing anything. It's to you. not uncomfortable. What's the worst thing that it's possibly doing to you? What's the yeah. fucking big deal? Yeah, it's like. I, I listen down on It's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but it's not like it's not a fucking ball gag you're walking around with. It's not like it's like we said, hey man, to stop the spread of fucking, you know, COVID, everyone's gotta walk around with a fucking eight-inch butt plug in their ass all day. <laughs> you gotta walk in choking on a dildo or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, oh, we gotta cut off your fucking left ear. Otherwise, it's just like it's a relatively straightforward piece of clothing. You know what I mean? The it's problem, not a big deal. I think the, the you know, we've seen a lot of the toxic masculinity shit on it though. Yeah, it's a lot. You of remember it, yeah. with, with like with like Rogan where he's like, Yeah, he was oh, talking like, to Bill Burr. You being like a little bitch or whatever is what yeah. he said or something, because you're wearing a mask. And it's that toxic masculinity that makes you you you're obviously weak, you're wearing the mask. But it's but they don't realize you're wearing it to protect them. Like right. that's that's what it's for. It's everybody there that's wearing a mask is protecting the people that they're not breathing on. I know. They, they, they don't understand that it's, it's, it's actually, if you want to get there, it's paternalistic. Yeah. You know, I, if you want right. if you want to get there, if they, if you, if yes. what's, if what's going to motivate you is your own toxic masculinity, then think of it as being paternalistic. paternalistic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Think about it in terms of how much control do you have? Yeah. Right. That you're able to also like, if you want to do the toxic masculinity thing, be like, yeah, I, I can do uncomfortable things. Yeah, right. And I can do them right. stoically. Yeah. I can wear a mask and not even give a shit. It doesn't bother me that I'm a little sweaty under here and I've got fucking a little bit harder time, you know, doing heavy work outside or whatever. Just fucking own it. Yeah. We just sold it wrong. We sold the whole yeah. thing wrong. It's like, but this fucking should've nonsense. Should have sold, sold, sold the, the, the erectile sold, dysfunction. Should have sold that. Should have sold the erectile dysfunction because should've. that's another thing that would have really teed off on their toxic masculinity yep. is the erectile dysfunction. The amount of numbers of people that are just like, my dick's a useless dick because I had long COVID. We should. We, yeah. re we really should. Yeah. We really should yeah. have been 
we really, 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 really should have played up that yeah. angle. Yeah. We really should have played up that angle, but it's it's too late. Yeah, it's too it's late too for late. that now. Like the yeah. narrative is well, is and especially past because us. they would say, "Oh, you're lying to me." Right, and he'd be like, "Fine, get me hard." <laughs> <laughs> the rhetoric took an extremist turn as the speakers addressed the crowd. Kennedy called the mandates, quote, a coup d'etat to democracy, unquote, and compared vaccine passports to slavery. Quote, even in Hitler's Germany, you could hide, end quote. Yikes. Kennedy said, referring to Anne Frank's ultimately unsuccessful flight from the Nazis. Yikes. Motherfucker, you're not Anne Frank. Yikes. Anne Frank was stuck in an attic. Holy shit, dude. You're outside complaining. <laughs> How are you? I love these people that are like, my life is really hard. Uh, right? <laughs> also, there's no indication that my life is hard at yeah. all. <laughs> no shit. No shit, man. I'm sorry, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Did you have to fucking go through puberty living alone in an attic with yeah. the fucking threat of extermination Unreal. if somebody saw the barest sliver of light peek out from one of your fucking closed up windows? Is that the same thing as you couldn't drink your drink inside the Starbucks? <laughs> That's the same it thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Absolutely. God damn. Yeah. And they, you know, what they, what they'll say is they'll acknowledge that they're not the same. Like it's the first step. Yeah. I, I know. Like, yeah. It's the first step. Nobody did. What the fuck? What are you it's talking the first about? Step. Eventually, you won't be able to eat your food in Starbucks either. Right? You won't even be able to go through the drive-thru. They won't even let you in Starbucks. What? What? Where are you going to get a frappuccino? This isn't America if I can't get a frap. <laughs> fucking assholes. I hope all these fucking people... I hope Cecil genuinely and with, with, with all of my heart, all these fucking idiots that go to this fucking anti-vax, anti-mat, and they stand up here and they speak and they scare people away from the only technological answer that we possibly can. Yeah. I fucking hope these guys have a change of heart, man. I hope they get sick. I really do. And I hope it scares the shit out of them. Yeah. I really fucking mind. do. Yeah. And I really hope that these people get sick and their families get sick and somebody gets fucking real sick and they get real fucking scared. And then they fucking Robert F. Kennedy Jr. stands in front of everybody else in six months. And I don't give a shit how broken he is to do this. I don't. I don't care if he is a fucking faintest sliver of his former self as long as he has that fucking come to fucking Jesus moment, as long as he has that fucking Saul to Paul moment and he stands in front of a fucking crowd and says, I was wrong. Yeah. Like, I want that for the fucking Mercola and fucking Kennedy and Sears and all these motherfuckers. Something has to break in them in order, because they're shilling. Because, yeah. They're, they're all making cash, shilling. man. And, and you know, what was it? 2,000 deaths yesterday? Something like that? That's, I think not, it's, that's it's, not a small amount yeah, of deaths. No. That's not a small yeah. amount of deaths. We would be looking. Imagine if there was, you know, 2,000 deaths other than that. Like 2,000 gun deaths a day or something right. like that. Like that would be a... We a, still wouldn't care. We still, I know, <laughs> right. We still wouldn't care. I, <laughs> guess, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> you know, I picked the wrong issue. Right. I picked yeah. the wrong issue. I should have picked something else. Something else that's not as free as speech, shooty, shooty, which are the two main things that are that's the that biggest... We, the biggest of the biggest uh, wedge issues on the right. But we, what we have is we have a, a, a group of people that want to, that, that are still dying. They're still every day. There's brand new groups of people like Herman Cain is Herman Cain award is still getting brand new yep. entries all the time. People that are still fighting against the, the vaccine and then posting their last post on Facebook yep. and then dying. Yep. And you know, this isn't a, this isn't a disease that, that the vaccinated 
do very well. The anti-vaccinated do very well against. Like no, they when keep they dying, get it, man. when they get it, they don't do very well against it. And then there's a better chance of getting long-term symptoms. It's, it's not, you know, it's so funny because you're just like the answer is right there. Yep. We're so lucky that COVID nineteen happened at a time technologically I know. we were able to develop. That's part of what makes me nuts. Is we're so lucky if this had, if this if this fucking nightmare had hit us. 10 years ago, even 20 years ago, probably because mRNA is a little, you know, but I wonder if we'd be able to do it as quickly. You're right. No, you know, we wouldn't have been because like the, the computers have gotten faster for sequencing shit. You know what I mean? Like there's just like it hit us and we fucking bam, like we just reacted. We just fucking reacted. We reacted so fast that it's, it's kind of a fucking miracle. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe that's part of what freaks people out. Yeah. But I also just know, I just know that there is a group of people for whom vaccines as a category, they're skeptical of. They're like distrustful of vaccines as a category of medicine in ways that they're not distrustful of any other category of medicine. Yeah. Yeah. There's you know, st- these guys would take insulin. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Right. There's so many other things that are that, you know, they, they get their legs set. They would. You yeah. Know, like, oh, they would take high blood pressure yeah, they, meds. They probably you know? take Tylenol and, and Advil and whatever right. all the time to, you know, if they had, you know, and a lot of these people, if they had cancer, they would listen to the person who's going to tell them what they need to do to try to slow that cancer yeah. down too. They would go take antibiotics if they yeah. had a fucking bacterial and infection. we know that they listen to the COVID doctors once they get very sick. Yeah. Once they get very sick, they go to the hospital. You know, we're not finding, we're not opening up houses like it's the plague and finding a bunch of dying. Sure, you are, but it's not like right. these people are dying in the hospital. Yeah. Because they're going to the hospital yep. to die. They're not, they everything is everything is fine until it's not. And and I I am very firm in my beliefs until it's really on the line. It's 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 like a reversal. It's there's no anti-vaxxers in foxholes. Yeah, man. exactly. Right. Yeah, there's you know? yeah, there's no anti-vaxxers on a fucking vent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so. Yeah, these fucking idiots. I, I say that, but that's probably not true. I'm sure, there's I'm, some. I'm not, I, I know, and I'm gonna get a bunch of messages that say that here's that's not somebody. True. Yeah, I'm right. sure there are. I'm sure there's plenty of people. And in fact, many of these people, even till they die, don't they don't think they that don't they, they don't it. think that COVID's a real thing. They don't. But they are still in the hospital. Again, it's just like like there's a dissonance. There. I don't understand how you're still in the hospital if you don't think COVID's a real thing. Yeah, why did you go to? Why a, go there? Why? Yeah, if you don't trust. Doctors, why did you seek out doctors? Yeah. It's fucking like it's look, nuts. here's the thing. I don't trust witch doctors, right? right. There are witch, so there, there are genuine witch doctors out there. Right. I don't think they know anything that's useful to me. Yeah. So if I get sick, I've never been like paging through the fucking phone book looking for W. You know what I mean? You haven't you haven't gone through all this to do this, to do this, to right. this, and worked your way to witch doctor. Right. I will never work my way to witch doctor. Yeah. I'll never work my way to crystal ball. I've never gone to the Reiki guy. I'll never go to the chiropractor. I'll never go to, there's a million things I won't do. It's, and it, it's amazing to me that this same group of much aligned, much maligned physicians are immediately sought after. Yeah. You know, when it's anything but vaccination. Yeah. Yeah, When the chips are on the line, it's yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. When it's anything but vaccination, they're They're hundred percent. They just go to it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's good. But vaccines, we're just like, I don't know, I don't trust it. Yep. I don't trust it. It's uh it's pretty straightforward how it works, and I really don't know why the, the fuck well people don't trust it. They poison the well on these, man. They really did a great job on this. Del Bigtree, a prominent anti-vax podcaster who spoke at the rally, invoked the Nuremberg trials nice. to threaten Dr. Fauci in the press. A sentiment also made clear on many of the signs in the crowd. 
The rally's permit had predicted 20,000 attendees, a much smaller, mostly maskless crowd gathered on Sunday, filling in from the Lincoln Memorial only to the closest edge of the reflecting pool. Even so, those who made the trek to Washington on a bitter January afternoon proved this point. The anti-vax movement has migrated from the fringes to the mainstreams due to the many who joined its ranks since the pandemic began. And now by drilling down on vaccine mandates, the long-standing movement is recruiting new allies. There's part of this, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but there is, there's part of this that just jumps out at me too. I met many more who are new to the movement, like Stephen, a teacher from Santa Cruz, California, who carried a Teachers Against Mandates sign. He and his children were traditionally vaccinated, he said, but his faith in vaccines changed during the pandemic. And I think this is fascinating. He cites Kennedy's latest book, The Real Anthony Fauci, as key to that conversion. Quote, I'm a full anti-vaxxer now, he says, end quote. Like Liz, he trusts Children's Health Defense for information. A neighbor he trusts had turned him on to it. Most of the rest of his news comes from conspiracy-adjacent podcasts. That's a great way to put it. The Joe Rogan Experience, No Agenda, and Highwire, whose host, Big Tree, spoke at the rally. These people are seeking out, and we've talked about this issue. It's such an important issue. It's, I think it's the most important issue yeah. of our time. Yeah. People are seeking out information because we have an information glut. We have an overload of easily available and information is not even the right word, but information. Yeah. And people are confused and uneducated and unable to source good information yeah. from bad. Right. And so they're doing a lot of work. And admittedly, these people are putting in a lot of time and energy and hours. And the results are exclusively bad results if you don't, it's the garbage in, garbage out, right? right, right. But it's the garbage is bad information. And there's so much information out there. There's an enormous, limitless amount of information. And it's it, and there's all these folks, Joe Rogan is a great example, who are, and I think conspiracy adjacent is the right word. They're conspiracy adjacent. Maybe he's not the one saying it out loud, although sometimes he is. Yeah. But more importantly, he's willing to get guests on and spend hours with them. And it feels to these people who don't, you know, maybe they've maybe they've not spent the time and the energy really thinking about the idea of thinking, maybe not developing yeah. skeptical tools for critical thinking. How is that different in their mind from the New York Times, right? Yeah, right. Or how is that different from, you know, other well-vetted sources? We got in our email recently, we got somebody who sent us, and I think it was very well-intentioned, they sent us a YouTube link. And I immediately responded, I was like, do you have anything that's not YouTube? Because I'm not going to, I won't even look at a YouTube link yeah. when if I'm going to have a conversation sure. about whether something is real. Yeah. But I think that's a really unusual stance to take. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people be like, yeah, I'll, I'll click on that. I'll listen to that podcast. Yeah. Guys, I'll tell you what, the fucking bar to have a podcast is a fucking internet connection and a fucking headset mic. Yeah. That's the bar. That's the bar. Yeah. There's no bigger bar. And, you know, in, in particular, this particular message you're talking about, we got a message about ivermectin. Someone said, please educate yourself on ivermectin. And they yeah. included a link. And I did click on the link to see who did it. And then I looked up who they were. And they they used a discredited study about ivermectin and they talked about it on their on their YouTube channel. And they the the study confuses correlation with causation, right? It's it's that's what the study does. And it's been it's been since discredited and it's not a real study. And the other thing that you've got to pay attention to is why is everybody using one study for ivermectin? Why is there only one study? If, if, if results are repeatable, then they're repeatable by everyone. Yeah, right. And so yep. what you do is you have 
20 studies that all show the effectiveness of ivermectin. Thank you, yes. Not one study that says it might be effective against this antiviral thing that's going on. Not one thing. There should be repeatable results. Yep. That's what science is all about. It's about repeatable results. And if you can't repeat them, then one study that came out last year that no one has since been able to repeat is not useful. That's not a useful thing to look at. And so I looked at that and I was like, oh, well, that's not somebody I need to, that's not a, that's not a person I'm going to watch right. their YouTube if that's who they are, if that's what they're looking to, you know, and then, and then, you know, you've got to be able to present something that is from a scientific journal or at least someone that, like this, at least adjacent where someone has read it, understands it and yes. has reported yep. on it in a very extensive way. And it's not, we're, we're not getting that. What you're getting is Joe Rogan being like, well, maybe. Yeah, I well and and well maybe yes, is not research. That's not research. Well maybe is not anything. Well maybe is yes. the guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. And and let's be let's let me be as as clear as I possibly can be. Real science is not done on YouTube. No. Real science is not science does not need to take its case to the people. Like when science has to sell its case to the people, that's not science anymore. You should be suspicious of the guy who is on the fucking YouTubes standing in front of his fucking camera in his living room or in his office. You should worry immediately. What's your agenda? Why aren't you Why aren't you busy doing science? Why isn't your paper in fucking whatever the, the journal Lancet is? or whatever, yeah. Right, whatever the journal of your expertise yeah, sure, is. Sure. You know, that you are spending your time being the fucking lone wolf in the room that tells me immediately that's not how science is done. Yeah. Because procedurally, to your point, it's not how science is done. Science experiments are done, papers are written, they are peer-reviewed, and they are repeated. If you skip any of those steps and go to the people and say, let's debate, that's not science anymore. Yeah, right. You, you're not doing science when you have to sell me on your fucking YouTube channel. Yeah. Nobody... Nobody doing real science has to fucking go to YouTube. They publish in journals because they're serious fucking scientists. Yeah. It's, it's always disingenuous. It is always. I'm not saying that they won't be interviewed by somebody credible. There are credible people on YouTube that do interviews. But when it's the scientists themselves, yeah. it's, no. Yeah. 100% no. Absolutely not. 100% absolutely not. If you're doing good science, you publish the science, it gets in a journal, it gets peer-reviewed, then it gets repeated. Then that repeat gets peer-reviewed and a consensus begins to emerge. And then we as lay people who are not in that industry get to have some understanding. Right. Anything less than that process, your, your, your error-correcting machinery is not functioning. Yeah. It makes me crazy, but these people, and I feel bad for them, like I really do, yeah. they're going to these... They're going to fucking, you know, childrenshealthdefense.com and they're going to, you know, this podcast. They're going to that podcast and they're going to these places because they are hungry for information. They wouldn't be spending all this time sure. and energy if they weren't hungry for this information, but they just, they don't know how to suss out the difference between what's interesting and what's true. Yeah. And we need to know that difference. And if we don't, this shit happens, man. It's an information ecosystem problem. Yes. It's not a it's not a science problem. No. It's definitely a hundred percent that where you're getting your news from, where you're learning from. 
Joe Rogan has proven there's no consequences no. to him giving you false information. There's no consequences. The no place is going to take him off. He does his own media. He's his own production company. Yep. Nobody can say, yeah, it's distributed through Spotify, but they have no power over him and they've proven that. In yep. fact, they've sided with him over other people. They sided with him this week over Neil Young. Neil Young, Neil Young was like, all right, take all my shit off if you won't take Joe Rogan off. And, and like, I, I read that and, and I was like, like buy Neil Young. Yeah, they're like, yeah, no, buy Neil. Because like, what, what are you going to make money right. off of? That's a, that's a, that's a money decision. Yep. You know? Yeah, like, you, it was really, it was really kind of sweet, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like Neil Young was like flexing. It's like Spotify's like, look, man, uh, you're not selling a lot of new records. Yeah. Neil young. Yeah. You're not exactly young. I just, <laughs> well, I just, I, I mean, you you got to expect that that's going to happen, but you know I, I they're not going to there's nobody there's no pressure on Joe Rogan to change what he's doing. No, there's no pressure. Let's get and rich he, with this. And if he says something incorrect, non factual, if he gives you bad information, there's no repercussions. No, he doesn't have anything that happens to him. Nope, nope. And he hides behind that all the time with like oh, I'm just a guy asking questions, yeah. you know. And like, yeah, all right, but you've got any, you've got a listenership in the millions. And yeah. that means you have some responsibility. He has, he has responsibility to those, yeah. those people, but those people don't feel he does. Right. So. Honey, where are you? In the bedroom, sweetie. What a party that was. So many people I've never met before. What are you doing? Sweetie, I'm reading the instructions from adamandeve.com. Instructions for what? To ignite our Valentine's Day. Ooh. So I've got gasoline and a blowtorch. Uh, I'm not sure where that goes. Um, honey? Okay, here's the next line. How are you planning to spice up things in the bedroom this mm. Valentine's season? So that's where I think the fire comes in. No. This is a Valentine's seasoning, so I've got some sexy seasoning. No. Uh, honey. Some asafoetida. Because of ass? Right. Cumin. No, cumin or cumin, if you're pretentious. Anus. Well, both are brown stars, I guess. Ambergris. What? From a whale? A sperm whale. There it is. There she blows. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> and some Ross El Hanout uh, for your Ross El Dugout. Okay, check, please. Well, when you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item, which I don't know how to, how do I do that? Like, select three quarters of an item or six eighths of an item? Honey. Or 12 sixteenths? Please. We, I'll get 50% off, but I want the whole item. Oh my God, honey, just read the rest of it. Here's the next slide, but that's not all. When you select your one item, you will get a free Valentine's Lover's Kit that includes an item for him. Tim who? A special toy for her. I mean, who is that? And something you'll both enjoy. Okay, honey, so we gotta invite friends. Finally. And the Lover's Kit includes six free movies for our viewing pleasure. Oh. How can they afford that to license six movies? That has to be a lot of money and intellectual property rights, not to mention staffing and craft services. Where are we going to fit all these people? Honey. Plus free shipping? No wonder there's a supply chain crisis with all these free ships out there. No shipping. And sweetie, we have to go to adamandeve.com and use offer code GLORY. That's G-L-O-R-Y, GLORY, because without it, there will be no free Valentine's stuff. If we don't do this, it will ruin Valentine's Day for everyone, sweetie. Okay, okay, honey. Will you feel better if we go to Adam? Adamandeve.com right now. How can I, sweetie? This is the 50s. There's no internet. I don't know how to end this. Me neither. Okay, I'll figure out how to use code glory at adamandeve.com. Okay. In the meantime, grab those spices. You're going to do some cumin lingus. And I'll give you my Sichuan pee corn. Stop talking. <laughs> That's why I never make fun of Polish people. They're the most intelligent people in the world, aren't they? Takes a schmuck like you to believe that. Are there any Polish people here at all? No? See that? They couldn't find the building.
they couldn't find the building. That's not nice to say. I'm sure there are Polish people there. They just don't understand the question. <laughs> see, that's the kind of a joke I find obnoxious. I just wanted to see how low you are to laugh at a joke. <laughs> to laugh at a joke like that. It's really disgusting to make fun of Polish people. By the way, did you hear about the Polish accountant who was an embezzler? Ran away with the accounts payable? <laughs> This story comes from ctvnews.k. Uh, Polish church says it's wrong to ask if abuse victim is gay. Uh, this is astonishing. This story is from Warsaw, Poland. Poland's Catholic bishops have strongly criticized a local diocese for asking a court to determine whether a man who was sexually abused as a child by a priest is gay and whether the sexual contact may have been consequently pleasurable for him. Jesus fucking yikes. What? So, like, by extension, if a woman is heterosexual and is raped by a man, it might have been, might have been, might have been pleasurous, so pleasure. you, can't, you can't do anything about Holy it. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, no. that's what you're saying, church? It's the worst thing you could possibly say. And then you, it's, but but this, is, this is on brand, though. They right. blame the victim all the time. Yes. And this is, this is 100% blaming the victim. Again, it is, it, what it is is it's alleviating blame from the person. You're not technically blaming the victim here. What you're doing is alleviating the blame from the person who should have the blame. Yes, right by saying that maybe they did a good thing. That maybe there's no blame yeah. at all. Yeah, maybe there, I, I tripped, I accidentally slipped my dick in you and got you pregnant, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing, because you love your baby. Well, yeah, because babies yeah, are good. Right. Babies yeah. are a good thing. But yeah, like, it's, like, this is a kid, Yeah, too. Like, this is a fucking kid. It literally makes no difference. The kid cannot consent. Yeah. That's the end of the whole story. I, I, I don't understand why there's pushback on this, right? We know children cannot consent. We already admit this with legal deals. They can't buy a car. They, right. can't, buy, they, can't, they can't buy a house. They, they're not allowed to do that. We don't let them vote. We don't let them drink. There's all kinds of things that we forbid children to do, right? That the defense in this case would even bring that up is so abhorrent. It's yeah. so abhorrent. It, and it, the, the crazy thing is it's so abhorrent that even the other Catholics were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're like, what the Bridge what? too far. Holy shit. Like, we're, I mean, like, we're fine sweeping some things under the rug, but this is a little much. Like, this looks bad. Yeah. Hey, this looks bad for us, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is a funny, Just, I love that they're finally realizing that some things can look bad. Right? <laughs> Just like, whoa, whoa, uh, this is not this on brand. Is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't do this anymore. What we're supposed to do is settle out of court. Yeah. And then, and then move. And then send the priest somewhere else so we could do it again. Did you not get the, Jeez. did you not get the fucking kids playbook? Ridiculous. We don't see like, did they like it? Like that's the, did you like yeah. it defense? Oh no, yeah. Holy shit. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, as Germans, we're sort of overcompensating. I think, have you ever seen, you know, German pornography? You know, you watch it, you're like, this is crazy. Like, what the f is this? This is people having sex and since they're shitting on each other? And since they're having sex again? It's disgusting. It's like, I know, like, can you even remember like any other crazy thing we did? <laughs> As a country? I don't, you know. Once you've seen this, it's like, <laughs> that's pretty much it for us on, you know, terms of the deep end, you know. That's kind of as far as we really went, you know. This story's from The Guardian. Ending religion lessons in schools leads to overall decline in belief, but not morals. Uh, this is a, a German study, and it's pretty much what it sounds like. So it turns out when you don't indoctrinate children in school, 
Uh, nothing bad happens. Yeah. <laughs> Literally nothing. Yeah. There's no ill effect. Well, it's because they're learning those morals from their everyday life with interaction with others. Right. Right. You know, we learn the social contract and the way and how to behave in groups at a very young age. We're socialized at a very young age. It doesn't necessarily have to be religious socialization. It could yeah. be any kind of socialization. You know, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things that I learned that I that I read today was there's a lot of people that are nuns, right? So they talk about the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. The nuns is the largest growing group of non-religious people, meaning they're not religious at all and they've never really been religious, right? So those are the nuns. Right. But there's a growing group of people out there called the duns. And that means they're dusting their hands off and walking away from religion. They're calling themselves the duns, meaning nice. I quit right. religion. And there's a lot of people in our audience that are duns. duns I yeah. myself am a dun. Yeah. I was I was religious. You technically, technically are a dun, was. I was dun, even yeah. though you probably were raised more like a nun because you never really believed. Was, but wasn't a still, strong believer. But yeah. you still, but still were. You I st- had a faith tradition. You had a faith tradition. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of people, especially you know, in this in this segment of society that are duns. They they had that religious yeah. indoctrination, and now they realize that it can be damaging. It can be. You know, it, it, lots of things about it can be damaging, in fact. And and so they're leaving it. They're walking away from it. There's a toxicity to it. We just talked about a story where someone was talking about, you know, sexual uh, sexual predators in the Catholic Church. That's a toxic aspect. Yep. The toxic aspect where literally every single religion feels like a patriarchy. And in this article yep. in particular, they talk about how yep. once, once these things go away, the opportunities for women grow yep. in large ways. Once we start to take this stuff away and we start saying, no, patriarchy's dumb, then we start saying, oh, opportunities for women start to move forward and they start to grow. So this is only, I mean, this was the stuff I thought we would be doing 15 I know, years man. ago. I know. This is the stuff I thought we'd be talking I, about. I know. Where people would look at this and say, wow, you can still be moral. You don't have to have a, a, a sky daddy and you can still, and it, society gets better. Yep. It's it's so funny because I was reading this and I was thinking, you, you know, part of the reason is because with very, very few exceptions, morality is not actually terribly complicated. It's really not. It's really super not easy. terribly it's complicated. It's super easy. You know, if you if you set aside, you know, the philosophy of ethics and, and really the, I was thinking about this today, like a lot of the reason is like the philosophy of ethics tries to find out these sort of, um, underpinnings, the sort of things that undergird our, our moral decisions. But in terms of just living your life in a moral or ethical way, most of life is not terribly morally complicated. Yeah. The right thing to do is usually fairly straightforward with some rare exceptions. There's no need for this like overarching rubric to come from the top. And the thing is like a lot of the shit that comes from religion actually makes it makes real ethics and real morals more difficult rather than less yeah and more complicated and more fraught and less ultimately moral look at the way every religion deals with sex and sexuality yeah none of them do a good job none that I'm aware of yeah maybe there are some I'm sure there's but, some but but none of the big ones well it, none of the big ones do a good job think about think about this sometimes the sexuality is super prudish right, right. where it's super prudish and Sometimes it's at a point where the when you get into the, like some of those cults where it's to the point where it's damaging it's to abusive those people. And it's abusive. Yeah. And so you're in this weird place where the sweet spot seems to be no religion. Yeah, right. Well, because again, that then that turns every sexual moral decision into a personal decision that really only 
the only morality around sex is how that sexual action interacts with the people that are involved in it, right? But when you try to like take this sort of broad view and put these moralistic, uh, you know, ideas from on high, they're always meant to control people. Religions, all of whether it's like the cult with the fucking polygamy shit and all that, all yeah. that is it's a, it's control. Yeah, that is a hundred percent every time. It's always about control. Right. Well, if I have to teach you how to be a reporter, Ali, I'll do that later. Oh, why don't you do that later, Jim? Uh, I think the lady expressed herself, and uh, you're not here, you're there. Would, is there any question you'd like me to ask her? And no, I, I, I'll, I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter later no, I'll on. give you some lessons on how to be an editor, because I was your boss once. Yeah, you were, and are no longer. How did that happen? Uh, well, I don't Here's know. Here's Aaron This story comes from HuffPo, and it's amazing. GOP representative claims without irony that no president has attacked the press more than Biden. That's amazing. That is so amazing. Because what? Fucking, the whole time Trump was in office, he was like, they're the enemy. The people, people who would wear press badges at his, at his get togethers would get attacked. They yeah. had to clear them out sometimes because they literally would get beat up by people. Did he praise a guy who got body slammed? Yeah. Yeah, the guy who body slammed the reporter or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like it's awful. But you know what? What happened with Biden was a a guy <laughs> asked a a a bad faith question. Yes, a guy specifically asked a bad Peter faith Ducey question. Does it all the time. He asked a bad faith question, and then it, it was over. They were leaving, and Biden's mic was still on, and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, we should have more inflation, you stupid son of a bitch, or something like <laughs> right. that, right? It was it's great. very similar. It was actually very great. similar. Yeah. But here's what happened with Biden. As soon as he found out that it was a hot mic and people knew, he got on the phone yep. and he apologized to that guy because that's what adults do, yep. right? He knew, and don't get me wrong, like, like you could think whatever you want, but other people know what he was thinking. Yep. And so he thought, Nope, I've got to do this. I'll be and a man. I, there's a lot of reasons. I I'm not I'm not a huge super I'm not a super fan of Biden. Right. Okay. But I respect the fact that somebody is gonna stop and be like, I'm a, I'm an adult, I'm the bigger man, I'm gonna reach out and yep. be like, I'm sorry, I messed up, I shouldn't have done that. And he apologized to him. And the guy accepted his apology. Yep. And later joked about it. Yep. Peter Ducey, who I do not like. I think he is a bad faith reporter. He's a Fox guy and his questions are always these like, when did you stop beating your exactly. wife type they're questions? They're all the same question. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there are all these bullshit, bad faith questions. And like, he got called out and it was actually like, I thought it was kind of funny. But the Republicans are, we're talking about Trump who for four years called them all the lamestream media, yeah. the enemy of the people who did nothing when during the, during the protests, when reporters were shot with fucking pepper guns and fucking beaten and arrested. He didn't remember, step in. Do you remember one of the first press conferences when that guy kept on trying to ask a question and he's like, no, you're fake news. No, shut yeah, up. Yeah. You're fake news. No, no, yep. no, no. Yep. And he's like yelling <laughs> at him and stuff. And then he like talked around him and he's like, get him out of here. And he's like talking about like, like throwing people out. He's the worst. He was the worst when it came to things like that. Wasn't, wasn't his like wrestling thing that he tweeted where he was like beating up yeah, reporters? Beating up reporters. I, what the fuck? What are you even on? What yeah. the fuck? Is, I mean, the only thing that explains this is this is a representative from Indiana. Yeah, Indiana, for so. sure. Yeah, I know. There's some good ones in here, though, too, because they, 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 the, the tweet replies to this show Trump standing next to... Uh, <laughs> he's still, so he's, this one shows Trump with his Bible, where he cleared out the entire group of uh, protesters, yeah. where he, he had to do his photo shoot with the Bible in front of a, a, a church. 
And then he, it's got the, uh, the quote from him while he's in the bus that leaked right before his, uh, going to go on a debate stage. Right before he was ultimately elected. I know it was like two weeks <laughs> before he was elected, but right before he went on the debate stage yeah. that night. Um, and that quote where he's like, just grabbed by the, the inside pussy. edition. Yeah. The inside yeah. edition. But there's so, I mean, there's so many great, you know, call them. <laughs> this woman says we were literally called the enemy of the people by the former president. And thanks to that, one of his fans ran up to me and yelled, you are ISIS just because I was wearing a CNN hoodie. So yeah, delete your whole account. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's one. These people are, should be executed. They are scumbags. They are truly the enemy of the people. They should be executed. Yeah. That's the difference. Someone's calling him a son of a bitch because he he asked that bad faith question and then apologize for it. I just, I mean, uh, like it's like, done, it's, man. It's, it's just amaz- a done issue. It's amazing to me how they can always play the victim. Yeah. Like they can always, always play man. the victim and always forget how bad they were before. Scientists are now saying that the Great Chicago Flood of 1992 would not have been a problem had it only happened during the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. <laughs> this story comes from the Chicago Tribune, Cecil. It's a home story. Pritzker, that's our governor, vetoes proposal to pay COVID-19 sick leave to all school employees says only fully vaccinated should be compensated. Yeah, they initially wanted to give a bill that 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 said all teachers, doesn't matter. Those teachers, uh, the employees get, they get, if they're sick, they yep. get full. They're, they get paid. They get paid. And he was like, no, no, that's because those people, he figured those people would get sick. Yep. And they they just milk the system. Yep. And that's, isn't that what you Republicans don't want? Yeah. This, right? You want a welfare state? Like, is that what you want? Like, it's, you seem yeah. like you're always bitching about it. Like, yep. what? You know, it's fine if you're fucking poor. You have to go do, a, if you piss hot, you can't have food stamps this month. Right. But if you, if you fucking don't take the vaccine, like, oh, no, you're taking my freedoms away. Take my, well, you know, this could affect white people. Yeah, that's the problem. That's really, that's it, really right? the problem. This yeah. could affect, Cecil, this could affect white people this that could. are poor. It could affect the white person. So, so we God gotta, forbid. Yeah, yeah. God forbid. Good on fucking Pritzker for vetoing that I shit. like this. I Good like on, this. Yeah. I'm happy. No, absolutely not. And, like, we and, should make it difficult to be unvaccinated. And here is what he's doing. There's so many places in this state where you drive where people say Pritzker sucks. They have these. Yeah, it's these not even, it's not even really time to put out your big signs yet. We're not even at that point. Even at the beginning of the pandemic, this was like two years yeah. ago, people were putting these signs out that said Pritzker sucks. Pritzker knows he's not going to get these people to vote for yep. him. He knows 100% they're not going to vote for him. What he needs to do is stand for his, stand for what he thinks is right. And you know what? As as bad as other states have been, our state has been pretty good when it's come to COVID. It really has. It's, it's been good. And the, our numbers show it. The numbers show it. The rollouts of vaccines yeah. have been pretty seamless. The chances to, you know, to places to get vaccines have been good. He's been very, he's he's constantly paying attention to the numbers and the swells and, pay, and, and uh, uh, issuing things that basically say whether or not you should or shouldn't have a mask. They've been very on top of this since the very beginning. And his, you know, I was not a fan. He's a billionaire. He yeah. just shat a whole fucking like five hundred fucking million dollars of stupid <laughs> shit into his fucking own his own campaign. Campaign. Account, you know? the, the guy. I'm not a huge fan of his, and I certainly wasn't going into this. But the way he's handled COVID, he's convinced me that I think he's a good leader. He wants to be there too. Like that's the other yeah. thing, man. It's COVID. 
if I was a leader at this point, I'd be like, man, the private sector looks amazing right now. Yeah. Guy like this isn't in it for the money. That's no, for sure. He's oh, he's not. not in for the connections. He's not, not in for the money. He's in it because he wants to yeah. do this. And I got to say, like, like I was not, a, I, I have been for the longest time voting Green Party in Illinois for years. I've been voting Green Party because I'm not, I'm not convinced that either one. The Democrats and in Illinois are a fucking horror show. You yeah. know. Voting for Blagojevich or voting for whoever else doesn't matter. Voting for Quinn versus Brown literally didn't matter. It literally didn't matter. No, nope. those yeah. were not those were not chances. Those were not votes that were going to change anything. Illinois politics have been a horror show, yeah. and this is the first one in a long time. I've been like, I'll vote for him. Yeah. I'll vote for him next time. And I and I I didn't vote for him the first time. Yeah, and and to be fair, like I I think he's handled. Or maybe I did. Maybe I did vote. for him. I voted actually. for him because I always vote. I think Democrat I I think I, I maybe did yeah. vote for him this time. But this was like the first time in a long time because I, I really didn't like the guy who was in the Rauner guy who was the the incumbent. I did not like. No, he was a, he was terrible. He was terrible. He was terrible. Terrible governor. Terrible yeah. governor. Yeah, you know, I, I the the criticism I have for Pritzker right now though is that um, he during the beginning phases he created during the beginning he created these phases of the pandemic where things would be open and yeah, closed, right? And they had these threshold numbers, and we seem to have during Omicron abandoned that whole thing. And I don't like that. If those was, if that was a good idea, then I think that they're a good idea now. And if they are not a good idea anymore, we should be told why this is not a good idea anymore. But instead it's like, well, we have this like metrics driven approach. I liked that. Yeah. You know, he would give these, he would have these press conferences where he would seed most of the floor to scientists. Yeah. And he, and he, right. It was very metrics driven. And I liked that. But I think that it's different when there, there was the, the population that we have, the vaccination numbers that we have might have changed the calculus on those too. Yeah. That's I, a possibility. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't feel like that's been as transparent. Yeah. I am right now independently, financially independently. I am saying to so many people who said that this was going to be a con artist game, that this was going to be a scammer game. Hey, you're going to lose all your money. My wife still doesn't believe in me. So this story comes from Reuters. U.S. House Speaker Pelosi's stock trades attract growing following online. There is a movement um, and there is a bill pending to restrict, and I think it's it's fucking, I can't even believe it's already not law, to restrict know, right? people in Congress from trading individual stocks, right? Yeah. right? Which, which is important to say individual stocks. So that means that they can't buy and sell shares. Well, they can right now, but they, the bill would prohibit them from being able to buy and sell shares of individual stocks because they might be privy to shit yeah, yeah. that affects, well, you know, come on, Tom, they are privy to hold shit. Hold on, though. There's a 2012 law makes it illegal for lawmakers to use information in their work uh, in Congress for personal gain. So, I mean, yeah, it's right. Oh, and, sorry. And, and now and, I feel and stupid. it's 2012. Right. So before then, there wasn't anything. I know, but also- What was the Wild West- what was happening in there before 2012? The, the law in 2012 has no teeth. How would I you know. prove it? Right. Well, I bought this stock. Why'd you buy this stock? You could just say, well, I looked at the fucking performance metrics of the company and I had faith that they would improve based on these. Yeah. You know, like you would have to demonstrate that they were specifically tied. It's fucking garbage, man. Yeah, this is bullshit that they get to do this. It, it is. is bullshit. And the fact is, is that some of these people, especially Pelosi, she's married to somebody who's like a hedge fund manager I know, or man. something, right? So she's trading shit all the time. You know, these, these guys want to buy and sell some big fucking index funds or like, fine, who cares? Like, yeah. that's fine. Some big aggregated sure. fund. If you, you, fine. you give your money to Fidelity and you don't talk to the guy. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Fine. Yeah. No problem. You want to buy some fucking Vanguard funds, whatever? Fucking fine. But you're buying and trading individual stocks. Yeah. There's no way you're not influenced even even subcon- even with the best of intentions. I and I don't believe you have them. I know. But even if I did, even, there's no way that you have access to all of this information about how the fucking country is working and you're also allowed to buy and it's, sell individual stock. Get the fuck out what's, of here. What's unreal is like, like there's a way to easily get rich. It's an it's a way to easily get yep. rich. You're on a committee. These are closed door meetings yep. where you're on these small committees and you get a chance to hear some really important information that could change things. I mean, some of the people who were involved in some of this COVID early discussions when COVID was coming up, several senators dumped a bunch of stock in different things because they thought for sure COVID was going to change how we live. Yep. And it did. And they made a lot of money because they dumped those stocks well before they fucking tanked. And so these people are, they're profiting off the knowledge that they have from their job. It's essentially insider trading. It's fucking corrupt as shit, it's, man. It's essentially it insider, insider trading. Yep. And so, you know, we don't allow other people to do that. We shouldn't allow you to do that. If you have some kind of manager for your money, you know, you should just be able to walk up and be like, this is my money. You do it. I will not speak to you until I'm out of the office. You just handle all my funds. Yep. And then you just let your money manager handle it. And you don't fucking call and be like, I want to get a bunch of fucking Tesla because we're going to be approving this lithium. Right. Deal. You should be like, yeah, look, I'm looking for some like, High risk funds. I want to balance yeah, 75, exactly, 25 right? yeah, on yeah, stocks and yeah. bonds. Big, broad, broad thing, strokes. Sure. Yeah. No problem. But like individual fucking funds are, or, or stocks, get the fuck out of here. They know all kinds of shit behind closed doors. They know who's about to get a big contract. Yeah. They know if that infrastructure bill includes money for a fucking bridge that's going to use, you know, 86 trillion tons of steel. So maybe we should buy some yeah, steel. Or, or tariffs are going to be up or down right. or whatever. You get know, the, they know Trade so deals much shit. Everything. There's so much they know. These economic little boards that they're on, these people talk about all kinds of stuff, and so and they and they understand emerging technologies and things that we'll never get a chance to see. They'll see it way in advance. Yep. There's all they have so many legs up because they're they're privy yep. to information that we're not, and the fact that they're able to leverage that information to make money is appalling. Yeah, I can't I cannot believe that we aren't already there. It should it should hundred percent be a thing. Holy shit. So, Tom, we finished the book. We did. We finished uh, Demon Haunted World. Real Patriots Have Questions. Chapter 25 was what we read today. Uh, Really interesting chapter. Uh, Very. It's the free speech chapter. It is. It felt to me like, like one of those things where, again, you stop and you say, it feels like something written in a different time. Yep. Especially when we're talking about things when it comes to free speech and it comes to, you know, the sort of, ideas of uh you know he he even talks about what that big that there's sort of a broad strokes um how we trade away our freedom for our security you know Mm -hmm. that that whole idea of freedom for security and he sort of talks about it in a way that i don't necessarily agree with. I think that there is sometimes we need to trade our freedoms for security. Um I'm one who's who's pretty much anti-gun. I think, you know, we should absolutely trade away those freedoms for some security. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to trade away, you know, 
many of the things that we have, I mean, speed limits, the perfect example, right? I'm trading away freedom for security. We do it all right. the time. Um, I think I think Carl also looks at some of our founding fathers in a, in a sort of glassy-eyed he does. way that I don't know that I agree with. But I think, I, I really do feel like this is one of those, this is one of those uh, chapters that um, it had a lot of heart. You know, it had a lot of, it had, it really had the DNA of what I think a lot of this conversation should have, but I'm not sure I a hundred percent agree, you know? Yeah. I feel, I feel like the chapter, I did agree with most of the chapter. If I take it in the context of the time it was written. I think that's a very important you way know? to think about it. And, and I think the problem is that Carl Sagan wrote this in a world that had not yet experienced any of the new media that we have now. Right. And I don't know that he necessarily would, I don't know where he would fall on that free speech boundary in terms of, you know, whether or not everybody should have access to the Twitter bullhorn, Yeah, you know, because that's a private company. And so, sure. you know, in the sense that, so, so looking back and getting in the time machine and going back into the nineties, and we've talked about this before. I, one of the things he says, like, you know, some version of, you know, the antidote to bad speech is better speech. He yeah. says something very similar yeah. to that. Yeah. And in, in the broadest possible sense, I agree. But in very specific cases, it becomes way more fucking nuanced, right? Yeah. So do I think the government should be censoring speech? I don't think the government should be censoring speech. I'm strongly feel sure, the government sure. should not be censoring speech. Sure. I do not equate Twitter kicking you off of fucking Twitter with censoring free speech because they're not the same thing. Government does not have, I don't think government should have a right to step in and say, Tom, you can't say that. Sure. I think Twitter has a right to say that free thing you don't fucking pay for, we're taking it away from you because you yeah. misused it. In the nineties, when this is written, you know, it's, I think it's easier to say, I disagree wholeheartedly with the Nazis, but I don't feel like I should, they, they, I, I can't be the one to silence them. You right. know, I think it's easy in the nineties to say that because there's no newspaper that's going to pick them up. There's no TV station that's, that's going to exactly pick them up. It. There's no talk radio station that's going to pick them up. There's nobody there that's going to, that's going to no threat of broadcast. Gonna, there's no, they're not going to get broadcast wide audience. And if they do, they're going to be oddities, right? right. They're going to be made fun of because the editor, the person who's going to craft that message is going to craft the message to make them look like fuck-ups, right? You'll see them on Donahue, but they're going to get into a fight. Yeah. Right? right. They're going to look ridiculous. They're going to look stupid. With stage lights on their yeah. dumb fucking grand uh, poobah exactly. costumes. Or on their fucking yep. big fucking ugly bald heads. Yeah. And they're going to be fighting each other or fighting someone else or, you know, whatever. And you're going to be like, what a fucking clown that guy is. Yep. Nazism is stupid. And so there's always somebody there to craft the message a little bit around that. So it's easy, I think, for Carl in that time to be like, you know, Nazis, I don't, you know, he's not saying Nazis aren't bad, but he's saying like, you know, they should have a right to their speech. And like you said, you know, when it comes to the government, they should have a right to their speech. But when it comes to like whether or not some of these things are damaging, especially when we're talking about like Facebook, right? Where, you know, these people put up these really insidious things that trick people in there and then they convert them to their way of yep. thinking. That's really, that's devious. That's, it is. it's horrible. And like you're tricking normal people into becoming radicalized. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Look at I, and, I, and it's through through fucking metrics and yes. through and it's through psychology and it's through and it's also pushed by Facebook to try to build their numbers. So it's all just really it's all bad. through manipulation. It's all through manipulation. It's all through yeah. straight. It, it, one of the there's key differences I think that this that this chapter doesn't and it's not his fault. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. It just, at the it time. Just, there's no way he could have he could yeah. have foreseen and addressed it. But it's really important to talk about. You know when back in the '90s. What media did was it shed a light on things, you know. And I, I was thinking, like, to your point, like if if you put if you put the fucking Ku Klux Klan idiots on a stage under bright lights rather than outside in the dark, stalking around a house, they look fucking stupid under those bright lights, they look right? Goofy, yeah. You look like a fucking asshole. You yeah. don't look sinister. Yeah, you know when you when you're when you're surrounded by everybody who's not wearing, you look like somebody's elderly fucking, dad. Yes, you're right? like you're an asshole. You're yeah. an idiot. So. In some sense, the media of olden times shone a light on things. And new media really has a lot more dark recesses. Yeah. But it also allows those dark recesses to broadcast into the other dark recesses. And it creates movements out of isolated assholes, like the incel movement, sure. right? The, the incels... We've talked about them before. The incels are a horrible group of misogynists. Incels would have been absolutely made fun of on mm -hmm. like Donahue or whatever right. back in the day. He'd yep. have had a couple people on and been like, oh, I deserve sex because I'm a man. They'd right. be like, you're an idiot. Get the fuck out. Everybody yeah. would have jeered at him. jeered at him and then they'd yep. been thrown out. And yeah. they would not have been able to find a thousand other people like them. They'd have gone out of the parking lot. They'd have gotten in their car. And they'd have driven home to not fuck anyone. Yeah. That's what they would have yeah, done, right? right? Yeah. But now- there's the, their ability to broadcast and reach out and connect in this way that didn't exist before is it's an entirely new thing. And I don't know that the idea that the best cure for bad speech is more speech yeah, or better yeah. speech. I don't know that it applies the same way anymore. Yeah. It's become more complicated. It requires a much more nuanced examination of how that speech is being used, right. what that speech's intent is for, yeah. what kind of broadcast mediums are being being offered for that. It just gets way more fucking complicated than it was 30 years ago. 30 it's, years ago, it's more complicated, it Tom. It's more complicated, Tom, than it was 10 years ago. Yeah, Because when we first so. started this, this podcast, I was very much on the side of free speech. Yeah. I remember being very much on the side of free speech. In fact, even before Trump, right, I think even as Trump was being elected, I was still pretty much on the side. But then I saw how insidious things can turn. I feel like I had a different view on, on yeah. free speech even just a few years ago. I mean, I, I certainly did. I remember I remember having a conversation with you during the Arab Spring. Yeah. And I remember how excited you and I both were that this democratization of media was allowing for people to connect yeah. in exactly the way I'm scared of now. Yeah. Right? But we watched it take hold. And we watched something like the Arab Spring, which turned into a disaster. It didn't really help anybody. But it looked like it was going it to for like a it while. Could have. It looked like you know? it could have. Yeah. It made us really hopeful for a while, like really yeah. intensely hopeful. It was a beautiful thing for a hot minute. Um, and I remember singing the praises of this new technology because, you know, it hadn't yet matured into its sort of final form. And I, I don't know that we're the final form. We're not there yet. But you know, we're like three bosses yeah. in and wait it's, until, it's gotten wait rough. Wait until you get the Tesla chip in your head. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's more nuanced. It's more complicated. And I think it requires this sort of, I mean, for me, I, I think of it all the time and I think of it all the time as something that requires a constant re-examination and vigilance. Yeah. Constant, sure. 
constant. For sure. Because it's always going to change, man. And yeah. that's, as long as it always changes, you you can't ever take it for granted. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about the book as a whole. So we will talk about the book as a whole. And then we're going to take a little break while, because uh, Tom's going to be reading our book, the book that we're indeed. finishing. So Tom's going to be reading that. So we're going to have that uh, in production. And while that's happening, we're going to take a break from this book club, but we'll be back to do another book because we had so much fun doing this book. We're going to talk about uh, all that stuff next week. So uh, so we'll talk about the book itself. And then we're also going to talk about uh, maybe uh, how we're going to handle the next book next week. So we'd like to thank our patrons. Of course, we'd like to thank all our patrons. We'd like to thank our newest patrons, Robert Perseus, John, Michaela, Scott, and people who up their pledges, the future Mrs. Enright. Gross. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, thank you so much for your generous donations. We truly appreciate it. We did Ian's commercial review tonight on the live stream is two hours long. It was awesome. to a bunch of his commercials, watched them, had some internet troubles. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Go check it out on YouTube or on Twitch. Uh, you can go check it out now. Uh, so go see which one won. We played them both in their entirety. The two that won uh, that were first and second, we played them both in their entirety. They're both amazing. Oh, a lot of his commercials are really good. Um, so go check it out. And not all of them are good. I mean, you can't. We, I mean, to be fair, most of them are very bad. Most of them are terrible, but some, like, some are okay. So <laughs> some are worth listening to. No, but seriously, they're pretty amazing. They're amazing. And, and the stuff he did for us uh, over the years, we sort of played it and we had a lot of fun. So check it out. Next week on the stream, we're going to be doing an AMA. Check out Patreon uh, for the question. We're going to post the questions this week. So we're going to post the thing this week. So you can uh, you can post a question there. And we're also going to do it on the fans of Facebook or fans of Cogdis on the Facebook um, we're going to have a, a, a question there. We're going to take a lot of the Patreon questions, but we might take a few from the Facebook one. So uh, be sure to get your question in this week. We're going to do it next Thursday night uh, at 9 p.m. Central. Got a message. Uh, and this is, I don't want to read this person's name because, you know, uh, this, is, personal. this is personal. But they said their stepfather died last October from nebulizing hydrogen peroxide. That's so... As it was a uh, COVID preventative and trashed their lungs so they could barely breathe. Yeah, refused medical Ugh. care and died. Wow, that's terrible. That's tragic. I'm so sorry for you. That's, that's so fucking rough. tragic. Got a message from Eric, and Eric says, Manchin doing what he's doing makes sense. Uh, his approval rating is 60%, and Biden is 30s in West Virginia. So he uh, he definitely is not sure what Cinema is doing, but Manchin, if his approval rating is that high, then yeah, I guess. I mean, from what I'm hearing from the outside, we're hearing about these organizations that are reaching out to him, but we're not hearing about his base. And yeah. that's one thing that I think might, you know, that might change. You know, I, I know that this is ridiculous, but I, I'm just, I just want to say one more time, I'm fucking floored by people who would rather keep a job they don't need because he's fucking rich. Yeah. Keep a job they don't need instead of doing the right thing. Yeah. That's fucking craven. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We got a message. Uh, this is from Chris. And he says, I always thought uh, we had a severe problem with social media. And after listening to the last episode, I noticed that many of the stories you covered can be traced back to, our immaturity towards social media. And he, and he basically says, you know, we, we really haven't matured enough as a society to handle social media. He, honestly, he says he'd be fine with making most forms of it illegal, illegal. until we progressed. You're never putting that, 
that lightning no. back in the bottle. Nope. It's not going to happen. What needs to happen is, is we need to train young people on how to use it. We need to train young people on how to understand it, how to use it, and how to use the rest of the internet properly so that they can they can learn for themselves and understand the best ways to critically approach these things. You're never going to do a good job, I think, trying to put the genie back in the bottle no, here. No, no, you're not. And, and, you know, as much as we do, we do need to do that for young people. And there needs to be some outreach to people that have aged into it, you yeah. know? Like, uh, everybody needs to go into and use social media with a plan. Yeah. Like, the days where you could just download something and start playing with it and it was innocuous, those days are over and gone. So social media, in your mind, should come with a plan on how you intend to use it. Just like going, like... There's nothing wrong with going to Vegas. Yeah. But you should have a plan on how much you're willing to lose. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got a message. They didn't leave a name, but they're, uh, they, they said that they wanted to let us know that they have a correction. The dumb woman that caught COVID on purpose was Czech, not Polish. Uh, thank you for the correction. Those are different places in the world. Oh, this is from Matt. And Matt says, um, he's telling us that the people who are afraid of the vaccine aren't afraid of the virus because it's a hoax. What they're afraid of is people shedding the vaccine, not the virus. The vaccine is shedding off vaccinated people and it's going to vaccinate them, causing them, them to be sterile. So they're worried. Oh about, I didn't God. realize this. I had always thought that they were saying shedding. You're shedding the virus because you got part of the virus in you. The but they're saying you're shedding the vaccine. Talk about a, a, a just a a tragic misunderstanding on how the world works. Yeah, I mean, that has no relationship to reality yeah, nothing. at all. Zero. No relationship Zero. to reality. What? Yeah. Also, like, that would be fucking amazing if it made people sterile. Yeah. It, these guys think you can be made sterile so easily. I know. You have to go through some difficulty to if be made so, sterile. If it was so easy, we would just be like, oh, cool, just give them the mRNA vaccine instead of going through Surgery. surgery. Yeah. Like you would have to get your fucking nuts cut. There's no shot that renders you sterile. It's so stupid. It's such a silly thing. <clears throat> Got a message. This is from Courtney. And Courtney says, thanks for all you do. I was watching the local Richmond, Virginia morning news on CBS last weekend. And they interviewed an absolute psychopath disguised <laughs> as an older white man in a blazer. He was there with his lobbying group, the Virginia Citizens Defense League. And they shared their top, his top legislative priorities Top priority is to repeal and the ban on guns in places of worship, preschools, and daycares. What the, how is that anybody's top priority? Give your kid a, like a fucking lunchbox, a lunchable, and a fucking 45 to go to school. <laughs> uh, got a message. Uh, this is from Daniel. He said, where is, did the crying guy clips come from in last week's segments? That was Jordan Peterson that uh, that was put in. So you got to understand sometimes Ian, actually all the time, Ian just finds things that amuses him and puts them in as the clips. Like when I used to do the show, I used to try to find <laughs> things that would sort of Relevant? match the segment that was coming up. But Ian doesn't do that. Ian just finds something that he he likes and then he puts it in the in as a bumper and I've talked to him about it, but he doesn't care. So it doesn't change. <laughs> so last week he was mad at Jordan Peterson. So he found a bunch of weepy Jordan Peterson clips, which don't get me wrong. We're hilarious. They were great. They had nothing to do with anything, no, but they're, no, just, they don't. they're just weepy Jordan. I Peterson love that clips. they get the bumpers. Give us an opportunity to see like what's grinding. Ian's yeah. Gears. What's grinding Ian's gears. Yeah. 
All right. So that is going to wrap it up for this week. Remember, next week, we're going to be talking about the final, uh, the final, basically talking about the book uh, in its entirety, Demon Haunted World, its entirety as uh, our Cognitive Book Club. And we are also going to be doing an AMA on our live stream. So be sure to get your question in uh, and come join us for our AMA at 9 p.m. Central Time. Uh, you can go to Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook. But that is going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.